welcome to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. You are listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. I'm so excited uh, to be talking to you today. I am also excited to be letting you know that in just a couple weeks, we're going to be in Australia yet again. Folks, let me tell you something. I cannot stay outside of that continent. I love Australia. And you know what? With good reason. There's, you, you, there are some lovely people over there. And you know what? You know who you are. Now, uh, here's the date and the places that we are going to be. I'm going to do a quick run through. And if you happen to be in those areas, you can just look up uh, the contact information and, and get more information about times and so forth uh, from, from, from those that are actually going to be hosting us. Uh, on the 19th to the 21st, we are going to be at the Elijah Fire 2020 Convergence, and we've been leaving um, information about how to sign up for that conference in our podcast descriptions, and it'll be there this week as well. And I will be there with a number of other powerful men and women of God. Look forward to that. On the 24th and the 25th, we're going to be in Bendigo in the evenings at a place called The Way Community. And then... We're going to go to Adelaide, and so on the 26th, you will be able to find us at Gateway Church, and on the 28th and the 29th, we are going to be at Field of Dreams, so you can reach out to those folks and get some more information if you happen to be in the area. I want to let you know, we have a book that I released not too long ago, it's still pretty new, it's called Advanced Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. Let me say something, if you have picked it up, and I know that a number of you have because, well, We've sold a lot of copies right out of our office. Please take a few minutes and leave a review at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or some other website where the book is stocked. Why? Because your review is someone else's breakthrough. If you know that the prayers have moved things, shifted things, and, and man, oh man, you know, God is blessed, um, let someone else know because people often make the decision of where they're going to get their next blessing from a book by reading reviews or looking at how many times a product has been reviewed. And so the more, the merrier. So um, I just want to encourage you guys to support. And I, I want to thank all of you that have supported us by purchasing the book at all. <laughs> thank you. And, um, you know, with that said, um, we have so much going on at Bride Ministries. Don't forget, we have an entire internet ministry uh, training platform. It's called the Bride Ministries Institute. On that platform, you will learn everything from the power of grace and what it means to be in Christ to how to minister inner healing, advanced deliverance, and how to minister to the human spirit. I mean, you know, we get a lot of questions about, well, how do you do this? And how do you handle that? And how do I unlock this stand of all? We have courses that will take you step-by-step step through a lot of this stuff. Um, the, and, and build a scriptural foundation, line upon line, so that you know that you are working with the real goods. And, and, and so we have made the Bride Ministries Institute available. It's probably over 80 hours of teaching, especially now that we've added the entire Kabbalah series to the Bride Ministries Institute platform. Check it out. It's right on our website. And if you haven't checked out the new bridemovement.com website, Check it out if you haven't checked out the Bride Ministries app, which is on the Google Play and the Apple Store. Get it. Let me tell you something about the app. Uh, all of our recent sermons are free on the app. If you go to the website, they're not free. So what does that mean? Hmm. Answer, 
get the app. It's such a simple decision. There, it comes free. There's no cost. It's a free app. And you get benefit. All of our recent sermons, free. And podcasts, free. And all of our prayers right there in the app for your convenience. Um, we are wanting to bless you. And so uh, <laughs> we're asking for your cooperation. And now, uh, beyond that, I want to say thank you for all of you that continue to support us financially. We love you. And we are going to be sending off uh, donor appreciation soon. We uh, are going to be giving a number of you Bride Ministries mugs. <laughs> Who doesn't love mugs? And they're, they're beautiful ceramic mugs um, that some of you will be getting. Um, those of you in our top tier that gave to us last year, uh, you will be actually getting a, a duffel bag. Um, those of you in the lower tiers will be getting coupons, and, and some of you will be getting a free copy of Higher Dimensions, Parallel Dimensions, and Spirit World. Uh, you will get a letter detailing um, those uh, giving categories with your gift when you receive it for those of you that have supported us financially. This is just our way of saying we love you and we appreciate you and we want you to know that. I also want to say, uh, last but not least, we are meeting for the Bride Ministries Church every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We were so excited to see over 300 people live this past Sunday. Now we are talking about dimensions of trade and economics. It's always powerful, uh, I think. <laughs> so uh, we want to invite you to be part of that ever-expanding community. The chat is very active. <laughs> and so uh, come in and have a good time. I uh, want want you to know that we have a new interface live.bridemovement.com links right to our website and app and so our streaming quality is you know we, we're working on getting it to the top notch and uh, you can look forward to bride ministries church appearing on the apple and roku apps very soon we're we're, we're we're making that our next step and if you are wanting to have even more community join us at the bride tribe advance it's all over our website now, we want you there. We want to shake your hand. We want to give you a big hug. And we want you to know that you belong at the Bride Tribe. And so, uh, with that said, we're going to get right to the podcast this week. We have an exciting guest who does something super cool. I can't wait to introduce you to Joshua. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Welcome to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, folks, welcome to another episode of Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. I'm excited today to introduce you to a face you've never seen on my podcast before. Uh, and uh, I am talking with Joshua Travers of Saved in America. Now, we're talking because Saved in America, or SIA, does something really cool. They gather intelligence and evidence to locate trafficked and missing children victims um they identify the violent pedophiles pimps and they also discover and go after the trafficking locations their law enforcement liaison reports all information to local and or federal enforcement officers and according to their website they are behind 223 recoveries since december 2014 joshua welcome to discovering truth with dan duvall Hey, thank you very much for having me. Well, it, it, it's a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to talk to you. 
And I am uh, very interested, Josh. I mean, you do something that I think a lot of the folks that listen to this podcast would like to do because we spend a lot of time talking about abuse situations, uh, programming, trafficking, um, and, and and it makes people angry. And it's like, gosh, where are the folks that are standing up and going after the criminals, the bad guys, you know, the traffickers and so forth. And so uh, right now, I'm talking to you. So how, Joshua, do you find yourself doing what you are doing with Saved in America? Well, you know, it's a uh it's been an interesting path. Um, me personally, my background, um, I was a United States Marine. Um, I was a licensed private investigator uh, since I was 15 years old and I've been working major cases like that even through the time I was in the military. Um, after my deployment to Iraq, I went to college at Liberty University, uh, graduated there, and decided to pursue uh, Saved in America full time with my father. We actually uh, we're reading an article that talked about Navy SEALs going overseas and rescuing trafficked children. And we said, you know, I'm sure there's trafficked children here. And then we read an article about Brittany Drexel. who She was taken here and, and sold for sex here in the United States. When she attempted to escape, the FBI found out later that she was shot and her body was fed to alligators. And we said, wow, nobody's trying to rescue our children here. It's, it's, it's amazing that we're going overseas, we're doing everything for children everywhere else, but there's an epidemic here inside the United States. And so we started Save in America uh, using, and as some of the, the tenets of Save in America is that every single person is active or retired law enforcement or military special operations. Specifically, we use a lot of Navy SEALs, but we have people from British SAS, Green Berets, Marine Recon, uh, Marine Raiders, that have volunteered their time in retirement to come help us. Um, but one thing that we took a step further was, we said we don't, we'll never charge anybody for saving America. It's completely free. We will help every parent that we can and charge them no money. Um, and then the last thing, which I think is very important that a lot of people don't think about, is that every single person that volunteers to save America uses their own time and their own money to get fully licensed and insured. That way, we know that every everybody in the state of America is fully vetted, not just the military, but also on the civilian side, that they know how to investigate these cases and that everybody's fully invested in uh, Save in America. And I think once we got that up, you know, up and running, it was, you know, uh, the sky was limit. And just to update you, we're at actually 238 children saved now. Wow. All right, man. Um, I, you know, I was actually sitting down, uh, I, I went to a, I was invited to a meeting and, you know, I, I, I preach and teach and share and, and do stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I was talking to a gentleman and he uh, really wanted to do what you are doing. And um, he's like, man, you know, I just, I just really want to be able to go after these kids in the dark places where they're at and so forth. And I... I know that to do what you do, your heart breaks over these children, what they're going through. And um, what was it like the first time you went on a case? How did that go? You know, it's um, mixed emotions uh, because you see the life that 
a lot of time, well, you see the life that these, you know, that these girls came from, and it, it seems normal on its face. And then you see what the life, their life turned into, and and your heart breaks. And then at the same time, there's you know, there's a massive amount of, you know, anger at the at, at the pedophiles and pimps. And but then you know, and you're thinking how how does how do we correlate this? How do we put you know our emotions focused on the past? And then when we bring that child home, they see their parents, and and. You, and you see the love between you know parent and child, and, and the happiness bringing them back together. It kind of puts it all in perspective, you know. Um, and I'm lucky enough to see both sides of the coin. Um, save you know, with Saved in America working on this side of the coin, and then my day job as a police officer in Charlottesville, Virginia, I get to see the other side of the, you know, how how both sides operate. And I can tell you that um, Saved in America, it's 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 special. So when you are taking a case, uh, and you mentioned, you know, that, that you are partnering a lot with, you know, ex-military, Navy SEALs, um, so on and so forth. Are you going on these cases armed, um, ready for, I, I mean, combat situations with lack of better terms? Uh, how do you guys go about a case? When someone comes and says, "Look, child's missing," what can we do? Well, there's there's a there's a process that we go through, um, and it's outlined. And we actually, me and my father co-authored a book just for the use for Save the American cases. It's investigation of missing exploited children, the gateway to child sex trafficking, and it outlines our six-step process. But to highlight some of the main points, is we get either a parent calls in, family member calls in. We work with the, the National Association for Missing Exploited, or the National Center for Missing Exploited Children, and they put out the missing posters. We research them and then research the parent. And everything we do is we get a power of attorney from the parent themselves to act on the behalf of the parent when we find the child. And so, and then furthermore, to answer your question, when we get on the area of the operation, like say we, we this child is in this area and we need to go look for and try to conduct a recovery with local law enforcement we call ahead talk to local law enforcement like right now we're in vegas uh i'm currently at the shot show in vegas right now because we partner with tannerite and they're they put us on all of their boxes of tannerite they're selling they're putting the save in america story but we're also talking to other vendors and stuff because like i said we are the law enforcement and retired military community, special operations community. So we do go to these areas, and there's high-risk areas. Like right now, we're in Las Vegas. We called Las Vegas PD, let them know we're here. They're meeting with us tomorrow. Um, and, and I believe they're sending a liaison tonight. We're going to do an operation here in about two and a half hours. And we're going to go find these girls, and we're going to set up a surveillance perimeter and and have law enforcement go in and grab them once we set up the perimeter. So we don't actually kick down the doors. We let law enforcement do that part. We're not vigilantes. But we make sure we have a positive ID and location of where this child is. We've done all the legwork, and it's a law enforcement. But every single one of us is a fully licensed private investigator. Uh, we all have firearms permits and everything that we need just in case um, things do really get that serious. 
Um, and those of us like myself who are, you know, active law enforcement, we have our concealed carry that we can have anywhere. Um, but it's a, uh, it, we can get in some very interesting situations, you know, like, for example, Las Vegas, where we're at, once you get outside of this trip, it gets to be a whole different city. All right, man. So uh, let's talk about some of these stories. 238 children. Now, when you're going on these cases, uh, are, are you, I mean, how many children are getting saved? Um, are we talking two or three, 10 or 20? Um, Believe it or not, it's usually – so most of the time it's a one, one-on-one basis. Uh-huh. So a lot of domestic trafficking here in the United States – um, is different than overseas. You know, overseas you hear about the dan of you know children here. The United States is a lot different. It's because the way they capture the attention of these children uh, is different. It's um, it's not the snatching grabs like everybody think. A lot of it's done by what they call the Romeo method, which is they get a young gang member, someone to look to initiate into a gang, and it's all tied to the. It's all tied to the street gangs, prison gangs, and the cartels. Um, but the lowest level would be the street gangs. They get a young guy to befriend a girl, young boyfriend, girlfriend, start taking her to parties, hanging out with people. And before you know it, it's the whole thing, well, you know, I'm your boyfriend and you love me and I would never do anything to hurt you, so you need to do this for me. And that's how they get them into this. So a lot of our recoveries are one by one. And, you know, I'm proud to say in State of America that We've taken on 238 cases, and we've recovered 238 children. Wow. So you guys aren't doing so much of the international sex trafficking and the rings where they're bringing in people from South America or Asia or different, like, it's mostly in the U.S., families who have their children being targeted by predators. Yes, here in the United States, we, we do have longer reach. We have gone to Mexico to rescue children, but all of the children have originated and they are born in the United States and, they are, and are here and they're taken from here to other states. Like I said, they've been taken down to Mexico even. So, so um, when did you first become aware of the problem in traffic, with trafficking? Like so, at what point in your life and yeah 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 I became uh, very aware to it when I was uh, in the military actually in uh, 2007 when I joined the Marine Corps you know they give you all the classes but it's all international you know you don't think about it so it wasn't until 2014 that I really became aware of the problem here in the United States I, you know I really thought it was a, a fringe issue I didn't real especially you know especially in San Diego but I found out later that San Diego is, you know, one of the largest hubs for child sex trafficking in the United States. You know, you got San Diego, uh, the Dallas area, you have um, them in northern Virginia, actually, and then there's uh, uh, down in Atlanta, and then uh, like around the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area in, in Florida. Wow. So, um, why why is it in your opinion um, that uh, saved in America uh, is filling a void 
where are the challenges that um, local law enforcement and everything else are having to, to get more breakthrough in these areas? So what I find, and like I said, I have a very good eyesight into it because I'm a police officer on my day job. And what I have noticed is that there is a, a big gap in law enforcement. And, there, and it's not that law enforcement doesn't care. It's not that, you know, there. it comes down to people and money. It, it's So to give you kind of a, a framework, per se, for Save in America to rescue a child, it costs five to $6,000 per child, and which is all donated by other people. Like I said, we don't charge parents anything. If it's an operation that we have to bring a whole entire team to and bring our uh, mobile command center to, then it could go up to ten dollars to $12,000 for it to rescue a child, which sounds like a lot. But the human trafficking task forces that are set up in law enforcement task forces, just to rescue one child is $65,000 in man hours. Wow. So we have an organization that's doing it for one-fifth, you know, one-tenth of the cost, and we're going out there fully volunteering and, and taking all that $65,000 man hours and all that time away from the police departments, and we're saying we will do all the legwork, and then we'll gift wrap it and hand it to law enforcement for them to come finish the, you know, finish the job, and, 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 and they do the hands-on part. We'll do everything in the background for them, and that's the gap that we fill. What were some of the cases that uh, you are able to talk about um, that in your memory and experience were notable and memorable? Yeah, I, um, we had one that originated in Sparks, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, and we worked really closely with the, uh, the Texas up there, great people. Um, ended up rescuing the girl uh, in uh, Mexico. She was living down there with a guy who was a member of the cartels in Mexico. And we had some operatives that belong to Save in America that are um, retired from the San Diego area that spent their careers in Mexico as U.S. cops and doing intelligence there. We found this girl, we had, and we worked with the Mexican authorities to actually, the federal authorities of Mexico, to get her a rescue or bring her back to the United States. And then we went one step further. So we have an uh, attorney that works with Save in America and a law firm that donates their time to us. And they actually went to court and sued the pedophile imp and got money for her rehabilitation and education. Wow. So we, we not only took that the, the burden off the parents to find their child, we took the burden away from law enforcement and we also took the burden upon ourselves to pay for the rehabilitation and education for this young girl. Wow. That's amazing. Um, so this young girl, I assume she was coerced with yes. a boyfriend scandal. Very much. Come to come with me and um, at sixteen. How long was she gone? Um, I, my memory serves me correctly. She was gone. I believe it was a grand total of like six or seven months. Mm-hmm. 
So we had to really follow her because here at Save the America, we have, you know, there's a golden 72-hour window. Once you get outside that 72-hour window, it gets a lot harder to find, you know, to find these girls. Luckily, we were able to bypass some of the the hard details that come after 72 hours and and latch on and you know find her through geo geotagging geolocation you know because everybody uses cell phones still for everything so we were able to do that wow so would you say that um your tactics that you guys have developed here at saved in america are possibly more effective than whatever the police forces are using. I mean, you could take a, what did you say, $65,000 cost to five to $10,000. I mean, that that's incredible. I, you know, and I wouldn't say it's so much that the, the tactics are so much different. Okay. I would say that we have a lot less red tape being a non-government mm. organization. Um, and, and like I said, being all volunteer too. Um, you know, nobody gets paid. There's no salaries getting paid out of Saved in America from our executive director down to the, down to uh, our our Saved in America reserves. Nobody's getting paid for it. So that takes a huge, you know, burden there. But it's also the fact that this is what we do. This is, you know, we have a full-time Saved in America team. We have reserves. But when you call Saved in America, you have people there that this is what we do full-time. We go out and we look for and rescue children you know a lot of times if you go right now to a sex crimes investigator police department they work a bunch of different styles of cases but we know we work one and that's rescuing your child what what's the youngest case that you had to work we had a child who had been in the trafficking circuit since she was 11 11 yes my goodness. That's, domestic, that's domestically here in the United States since 11 years old. And um, how old was she when you were able to rescue this uh, one? 14. Oh, my. So she had actually gone and come back on her own accord when she was younger and then mm-hmm. left again when she was 13. And then it, it took us months to get her back, and she was 14 when we got her back. Um, we actually... Uh, followed her to a series of different clubs that she would hang out at in San Diego, um, a club that's no longer in existence, mind you. And that I actually went undercover in that one uh, into the club and to see the club operations, to, to record the illegal activities going on inside of there and try to look for her uh, and actually gave all the information I had to the uh, law enforcement down there. And that the same club ended up getting shut down. Wow. Okay, now, I, I have to ask you this. It's kind of like um, a little bit of a sharp left, but it, it's it's somewhat relevant, I think. Okay. Um, because it's all over the news anyway, right? R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You're laughing, but I mean, um, you know, no, you were right about the sharp left. That's what I, I mean. Right. It's, it's a bit of a sharp left, but I mean, here you have um, a, a pop singer that, you know, legend almost until more recently when all this stuff came out and everyone's looking at him like, OK, you did it. 
you did it. There are two documentaries, docu-series out at this point, talking about how he did what he did with these women, how he manipulated them. And uh, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he locked these women up and made them his personal sex slaves and so on and so forth. Uh, would you say that the psychological profile of uh, of R. Kelly is similar to uh, the kinds of men that do the trafficking of the women that and the girls that you're going after? Yeah, I would say he's. I would say that is very similar because you got to understand most of the domestic trafficking here in the United States. Like I said, it's a triad. It starts at the very top. You have cartels that control the prison gangs in the United States. And every single gang on the street pays homage to a prison gang. And so they all have the same mentality that they will use and abuse. And and it's a little different maybe on their level. And I know it sounds terrible for me to say this, but they don't see these girls as girls as, as human beings they see i could sell a dime bag down the street you know 100 or 1500 times you know 100 you know 15,000 times like, like i would have to go out and do you know this thousands of drug deals right to make 150,000 dollars or i could sell one child for one year and make 150,000 dollars and so their mind of putting them in the slavery may not be for personal pleasure when it comes to street gangs per se. Theirs is, I'm going to make the most amount of money I can off this child. So, talking about the traffickers, um, how do you see uh, the traffickers being groomed? I mean, I'm sure that you've had to look at it from that side. You, you have a baby born. Mm-hmm. It's a baby, right? Um, so baby doesn't just become a trafficker when they grow up because in you know third grade, people said, hey, I'd like to be an astronaut or you know a chef or a trafficker. Um, right, do right. you see traffickers getting groomed? Yeah, so you're, yes, and you're, a lot of your traffickers, you might not even recognize them if you saw them. Just like some of the girls involved in this, we've, we've had girls that were involved in this, that were involved with these gangs, with these, these pimps and pedophiles, with them every day that were still going to school, that were still there. Um, I, I would tell you that most of the, every, I would almost every single if not every single high school middle school in the united states has a member of a gang in there that's a recruiter for child sex is it that extensive yes wow yes so now this leads to another question right and and i'm i'm, I'm kind of baiting you because i do have a bit of insight and insider information to some of this world. Obviously, I, I believe you know more than I do, um, especially because, I mean, you are in it knee deep with what you guys are doing in that area. Um, how do these middle school and high school girls stay safe after being rescued if it's so um, invasive? A lot of it is, and this is so. 
we at Save in America have kind of done the research. We've done it. There's a uh, with some professors down at Point Loma Nazarene University. Uh, they've done a lot of the research on rehabilitation, and everything like that. We've worked with them, and we've seen that the best way for these girls to once they are rescued is to go through rehabilitation, and usually it's a long term. And so what we do is we do try to raise the funds for that. And what we're doing now at Save in America is we're in the process of gathering support for a short-term transitional housing to start the rehabilitation process. So basically the girls would come to for a stay of up to 14 days while Save in America looks for and finds permanent, almost like a year-long treatment where they have full-on education services there and everything, but it gets them away from everything built and, and takes them from where they are and builds them back up into these strong young women that they should be versus these victims that they were. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. Um, and you know that, that I'm going to be honest with you. Transitional housing is so important for so many reasons. That's one of the things that our ministry, Bride Ministries, we've been uh, working towards. We're actually saving up. And of course, for, from our perspective, we're actually looking to serve primarily survivors of satanic ritual abuse, trafficking, um, some of the darker stuff. But um, it's so necessary because sometimes you really have to take people out of the environment they were um, I, 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 I criminalized. And I, I want to ask this. Okay, drugs. Drugs and trafficking. Have you rescued any any victims that were not subjected to drugs in the course of their trafficking? I cannot think of one. I'm I'm, I'm pretty positive. I would, I would have to dig very deep to even find one that had not been subjected to some form of narcotics. Um, and I think I include alcohol in that too, but even deeper than that, um, any, no, I mean, it, narcotics is almost involved in every single case. And it's it, and I, this is actually an honest question because I don't know the answer to this. Are, are they primarily using opiates or uh, what are the street drugs of choice currently that you guys are running into? I mean, besides the obvious alcohol and marijuana, we do run into a lot of heroin. We've ran into ecstasy. Um, uh, we have uh, some of the other drugs I haven't seen as much. Some of like the, the crack, meth, you know, I haven't seen that as much. I have seen cocaine. So your basic, a lot of it is going to be run your basic, whatever you would think you would find at a party. That's a lot of the drugs that, that are being used and are, and are, are being used to keep these girls addicted to their to their captors for, for the lack of a better term so when you look at guilt okay and, and this is it I, I think this is a very interesting question right um, in a middle school you have a, a guy or a girl that works with a gang that's 12 recruiting for them, another 11 or 12 year old child becoming the boyfriend or the girlfriend or whatever and then moving them into that world who's guilty 
how do I say this? Um, and, and how are like the legal firms that you guys are working with approaching this question? So we find that more often than not, there is an adult orchestrating everything. Even if the child, so a lot of times in the high school, there it's usually like an 18 year old senior. That does so he's already there. A lot of times they might bring him to a house that's owned by an adult. So that's what we target right there. Um, but to a certain extent, I, I, and this is where going to be a very touchy subject, and I'm sorry, but parents. Mm. And, and the reason why, and I, it's not parents are selling them or anything. It's not that, you know. Well, we've, is, we've seen that as well we at our ministry. We've seen parents <laughs> selling the kids. So go ahead. But it's we have these these things. Mm-hmm. Everybody carries them. A lot of parents don't know what's going on on them, oh. and and we're seeing Instagram now. We're snap, obviously Snapchat, Facebook Messenger. Even though it's Facebook itself isn't huge, Facebook Messenger is still huge in this thing. The apps like Telegram, where you send a message, it automatically deletes. There's um the uh, federal law enforcement has actually put out. Um, a very good article and if you search it online but it's a different apps to watch out if your child has it on the phone um, but this is this is right here the number one culprit in today in child sex trafficking is this cell phone it, it is without a doubt the social media is without a doubt the the best and worst tool for society wow um so um goodness 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 so what do you tell parents and you say okay joshua help us out so for so i'll take it one step back mm-hmm. um if it's if a parent right now thinks that their child might be involved in this or is at risk of this or has been taken First thing, law enforcement, immediately. Put in your missing child report. Second, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Put a wanted poster out there. Give them a current photo. Always take current photos of your children. If they change their hair color, get a headshot. If they, you know, change their haircut, get a headshot. Pass it on. And then immediately after you've done those two, or while you're doing it, contact us, savethamerica.org, and we will get to your child and the biggest thing you'll have to do is for parents leading up to this point is don't let your child have privacy it's your child if you give them a phone it's your phone not their phone you have the passwords to everything you look through everything you keep tabs on what's going on you know in my law enforcement career I've gone into a, a house before for you know like a child that committed a crime and I parents let me into the house but said you can't go into the child's bedroom because it's their bedroom i don't even go in there because it's theirs and i'm like no you own the house they're your child you have responsibility so yes the biggest that one of the biggest ways for children not to be caught up in this is for parents to take personal responsibility for their children and make sure you know at all times what they're doing or you do your very best to figure out what they're doing at all times do you guys run into cases where trafficking that you because you mentioned that sometimes the trafficking begins while the children are still living at home what yes what what are some of the signs here 
Go ahead. So a lot a lot of times we find it starts while the child is at home. Okay. And what, what it does, it might be a short-term running away, and you'll see that it's a pattern that comes up. They might sneak out at night a lot. They might be gone for a couple of days and then come home. Mm-hmm. Eventually, though, they will leave completely. They just not come back. But it always starts, it starts small for, you know, a day at a time, a couple of days at a time. You'll notice, you know, people coming around that are just a little bit, you know, that don't belong at your house. You've never seen them before. Your child might get messages from a bunch of different people. Might go to this party, that party. And it usually almost always starts at home. It doesn't just come out of nowhere that they leave with this traffic. Wow. You know, um, I remember years ago I, I, I met a family, and this was actually before I started doing for those of you that are listening to you know, this podcast, this is long before I started this podcast, Discovering Truth. Um, and I, I met a family that didn't live too far from where I lived, and, and they were going to a church that was around the corner from my house that I was going to as well. And the teenage girl was uh, very rebellious. And, um, I mean, she would just leave the house for hours at a time um and go places uh often with shady men and characters and come home and i uh, was absolutely intolerable to the mother it was a very difficult situation and uh, i have suspicion and, and and they did as well at the time you know that there was some trafficking going on with the girl but she seemed to be so fully vested in cooperating with it. There it is. I ate lunch down here. That, uh, yeah, um, attempts to intervene were not getting through. Um, and I'm sure that you run into this sometimes because when, when children are being trafficked, they don't know what to believe, who to believe, or who their loyalties belong to. Right. And uh, that that's one of the challenges that I think well-meaning parents sometimes are going to have. It's it's that even when they try to step in, that rebellion can be so overwhelming, they throw their hands in the air and it's like, I don't know what to do. Right. Um, as the child goes further and further down this dark tunnel. So having brought that up, uh, what do you have to say when it comes to these kinds of things parents are encountering with their children? You know, I think that every parent tries. We've seen that in a lot of these games. We, the good, we've seen all types of parents, but we've seen a lot of even good parents that are, you know, doing the right thing. You know, um, teaching their kids, you know, how to how to go from children to adult, teaching them, you know, what is right and wrong, and still there's a, you know, that rebellion inside of children. You know, and I, I know that's there. That is that's natural. Um, I, I do see though that that even still there's a tendency to give in a little too much to how society is now and letting their children wander just a little too much. And, mm. and I think you have to also know how your child is too. Um, some some children like to wander a little more, but some don't, and some stay pretty close to the fold. So if all of a sudden you're starting to realize that your child is over the top rebelling, that might be the time that. And you might have to make a sacrifice and, and move schools, try something different, you know, but that's, um, and I get that's very hard to do. Um, if that's the case and it starts getting to a point, call us. 
we'd rather you call us and we can help you prevent something than than you, you call us and we have to go rescue your child. You know, um, we're also here for that too as well. Wow. Wow. Well, it's, I mean, it really sounds like you guys are doing a lot of a lot of good. Now, what is attractive about your organization to some of these ex-military guys? Like, um, what do they enjoy the most about partnering with you and your dad? And, you know, is it is it for most of them the justice piece, just being able to give back? I think a lot of it is um, you go to these guys who have given their whole entire life. You know, serving their country, um, you know, or people like, you know, me, for example, who've given their 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 career to serving other people to protect and serve. Um, and, and you say, well, they they say I've done all this stuff in the military, I've done this stuff in the police, you know, but the most vulnerable of our people, our children, are being taken advantage of, and nobody else is going to do it. I can I can do it. And you got to think like a lot of these guys have been in a scenario uh, over the years of, you know, signing a blank check on their life and doing things that a lot of people couldn't do um, and, and taking on a lot of horrors and stuff that most people wouldn't have to. And so they see I, I've already done it. I can dive into this world and I can bring these children back. You know, I've been there. I can do that. And, you know, it's, I see a lot of the guys that, you know, to my left and right that are out here and women, men and women both. I, I use guys as a, you know, a, a term for everybody. But I see them, uh, part of the team on the left and right of me is diving into the depths of this darkness to bring these kids home. And, you know, sometimes it's even overwhelming for me, um, the dedication it takes. Um, it, it's a very it's very special. And a lot of these military people, they want to be part of a team. And this team is uh, it's that we we have each other's backs now um have you ever had to deal with one of your team members getting injured or finding themselves in a very precarious situation as you're going after one of these cases and uh how did you guys handle that if so so luckily we haven't had any injuries you know mm. we haven't even you know it's it, haven't to my knowledge, we haven't even, even though we care, a lot of us carry firearms and stuff for our personal protection, and we have, you know, the bulletproof vests, all this stuff. We've never actually had to be in a scenario to actually pull those out or anything like that. But a lot of our our sticky situation might be from getting, you know, burned on a surveillance, you know, when you're watching a house. You don't want them to catch up to you. But luckily, a lot of the specialized training that these people received in the special operations teams, um, you know, in law enforcement too, um, just, we, we learn talk and it's, it's amazing. You can see these guys, these, you know, gritty special operators that can talk to anybody at any given time. Um, and, and I think that is, it's the biggest thing that we have is the inter- the surveillance and interview techniques and to be able to hide in plain sight is what save America brings to the table. Uh, as far as some of our special skill sets, um, we have that. We you would not know um, a Save in America operator from anybody else in the street. Right. Well, you know, I mean, to be honest, Joshua, I'm sitting here talking to you right here, and uh, if I met you on the street or in the, you know, supermarket <laughs> buying steaks <laughs> and fish, I wouldn't assume that you could probably take me down in two seconds. You actually look pretty friendly. 
Uh, <laughs> <thanks>. <laughs> so you know um, that, that that's a, that that's amazing. So so uh, talk to me a little bit more about this um, one of the cases that you guys went after that you know was also a significant a milestone in the work that you've been doing. I think um, you know something that we've done, and it, it's another part of what we do at Save the America. Uh, hmm. Ultimate goal is rescuing these children. But another thing we do is we've worked with a home, Casa de Amparo, which is a rehabilitation home in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And we found out that these pimps and predators were coming back and getting these girls from the rehabilitation home because in California, you're not allowed to have a lockdown facility. Mm-hmm. They have to be able to come, the girls have to be able to come and go if they want to. Um, and which is why we like to do our long-term facilities in different states that have these lockdown because a lot of these girls do have a form of Stockholm syndrome where they want to go back to these mm-hmm. guys. But we found these pimps were coming to the gates and just picking them up and then using them and then dropping them off. Say so the girls had a free place to stay. So what we did is we partnered with again, free of charge, you know, and rescued girls from here where these pimps were trying to take them back. And we did we did this operation successfully for two years. Wow. And yeah. Go ahead. Oh, it was. And I'm talking. It was you know night after night of just you know over and over these girls trying to leave some multiple times, but we got them back every single time. And um, do you ever find it disheartening? this part of the job where you know it's like because it's not cut and dry and i think that this is a, a, a part of the story that you know is certainly where our worlds really merge because here we do a lot of ministry and um we 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 break what i call program programming can be a a, a, a version of stockholm syndrome in many cases it's that desire to please the abuser to return to the abuser, to cooperate with the abuse, um, codependent relationships, all this stuff that really ties people down. And, uh, you know, seeing people in such desperate circumstances, wanting to see them rescued, and then only to watch them cooperating their own demise later on. I mean, how do you and your team... Stay positive about the work that you're doing when sometimes this back, I mean, the back door gets open and it's like, wow, we did all this work and they're right back. Um, it's knowing that, there's, and there's a couple reasons, you know, mm-hmm. where um, Save the America has a common goal with rescuing these children. A lot of us, though, not every single one of us, but like myself personally, you know, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's Amen. That's I look at that every single day, and I and I and I know that no matter what Satan does on this earth, um, at the end of the day, you know he's going to get his butt kicked at the end of the day, and he's he he's going to go to that lake of fire for all eternity. And so, no matter what he tries to do here, he's not going to win. Um, and I keep that in the back of my mind as well as some of the other members of the team that do believe like myself. And I think that keeps us going every single day um, is knowing that, you know, as long as we keep doing what we're called, 
to do and and what we've been put here to do you know as you know as uh in the book of esther i remember um esther's uncle had told her that uh, how do you know that god didn't put you here for such time as this well i keep that in the back of my head and knowing that no matter what the path that i've taken into my life to get to where i am right now to be able to help each and every one of these children and no matter what happens with the right times we have to rescue no matter what we see you know i know that god put me here for such a time as this so i'm only speaking for myself right now but that's how i get through it that's powerful that's powerful. You know, I mean, that, I think it's awesome, you know, getting the opportunity to talk to you, uh, to see your heart. Uh, I have worked with a lot of folks and um, seen a lot of situations myself. And, you know, learning to look at people through the lens of Jesus Christ, through his heart, is really big. It's a big deal. Because um, it helps to, to, to look past the brokenness that causes a lot of what I would call avoidable suffering. It's like, wow, you know, you have all these people cheering you on, and yet here you're doing this. Um, but seeing God's heart and plan is is huge. Okay, so so moving a little bit more into this discussion, right? Um, now, you've been doing this for five years now, going on six years. Um, what's the balance of uh, time like for you guys? I mean, because it sounds like you guys have full-time jobs. I mean, you 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 <laughs> you're yeah. coming off of a 40, 50-hour week to do this work? That's intense. How, yeah. how do you guys manage the time thing? Um, you know, uh, like I said, speaking for myself, um, you know, I, I grew up with my my father he's a single father and i watched him you know have to build up you know a company take me to school be there for all my you know as many sports sporting events as he could he um you know was always in the ministry you know and 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 then he went on to to own his own investigations thing on his own to be a little smaller than he was you know and he'd be able to branch himself out and i watched him work growing up and he taught me the same work ethic you know when i was in school in high school you know i did i played three varsity sports you know throughout high school i was a member of the band um, i was a orange county sheriff explorer growing up so i was always super busy always doing a bunch of things and i think that that was really good because uh, when i became you know i went in the military i didn't just do the military i kept my private investigations on the side you know i kept this going um, and I think a lot of it is, is just, you know, for all the members of the team, being in a special operations community, it's not like necessarily the rest of the military where, you know, you have one job. They have every job. They do everything. <laughs> and they're always working. Um, you know, and for police officers, for example, like, um, which I, I've been learning firsthand since I joined the force was, you know, it's, it's not just that you're, you know, a police officer. You might, on your days off, you're still working you know, cases that you work when you were away, you're, you know, trying to make, you know, make up time with your family. Um, and I know now for me, for example, I do this pretty much, you know, almost full time. Um, I work, you know, 50 to 60 hours a week at the police force. Um, I'm a high school wrestling coach. Uh, so I do that. <laughs> um, I just started a wrestling club um, for the area that I'm at and the, the first women's wrestling club in the area. Um, you know, and 
then uh, also I try to teach uh, a small group, you know, <laughs> where I'm at too. Um, so it's just, it's, yeah, it's, a lot of it is, like I said, just knowing that there's a short time, life is but a vapor, you're here on this earth, you have a calling, and you just got to get it done. And I think if I were, I know for me personally, if I were just to stick to one thing, that's not necessarily the talent that God gave me. God gave me a talent to be able to administrate and to be able to do a bunch of different things and do them well. And so I'm just, I'm taking what the talents that he gave me and I'm just working with it. And I think all the guys on the team, whether they know it or not, are taking the talents God gave them and using it to the best of their ability. That's good. So basically you're just really, really, really busy. <laughs> you know, it's uh, one of my heroes growing, growing up, you know, oh. I was always in a fitness was a, and you know, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger growing up. And I remember he had this speech that he did at Stanford and he, it was a joke, but you know, he said that uh, when he wanted to be successful, he slept six hours a night and he, people were said, well, six hours, that's not a lot. You know, you need eight hours of sleep. And he said, I don't know what to tell you sleep faster. So I just sleep six hours a night. So I get it done. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, sometimes if you really want to move the dial, you're going to have to do more than 40 hours a week. It's just oh, yeah. that you, yeah. you, the 40-hour the work week is a bit of <laughs> a pipe dream <laughs> yeah. if you're going to shake anything at all. And right. um, I, I am right in that boat with you, you know. So praise God for that. So, okay. All right, so so you guys have have, have now come and, and, and saved two hundred and thirty eight children. Yep. Hopefully, we'll make two thirty nine tonight because you guys are running a case where, where you're at. Yes, we're actually we have the briefing in an hour and a half from now. My goodness. So how do you guys vet the cases that you take on versus those that you say, well, we're not going to be able to, you know, maybe. Or maybe you take every case on. I, I don't know. H- how do you guys handle that? Because I'm sure that you probably have more people reaching out to you than 239. Yes, yes. Um, so and, you know, we always at we always have other active cases going, and multiple at sometimes. Like right now, we have multiple cases that are active right now. Um, a lot of what we do is when somebody comes to us. Um, we ask for, okay, well, if you're not a family member or a parent, we need to reach out to them and find them. So we, will, we won't take on a case unless we have a parent or guardian involved. Um, you know, sometimes a parent or guardian could be the foster parent, so it could be the state, you know, it could be a foster parent, adoptive parent, regular parent, aunt, uncle, whatever. You know, whatever the state or, you know, the local state government says is the guardian, we need to have contact with them. And that all starts with going to saveinamerica.org. There's an application online that you can fill out and send to us. And we've had family members that weren't the parent or guardian fill out the application, but gave us the contact info for the parent. And then we got a hold of the parent or guardian. That's how it all starts. Um, just like we, you know, vet everybody coming in, we also vet all of the, the contact info that comes through, too, for, you know, people that are that want to use us, too. We have to make sure that, you know, A, this is a legitimate you know, response. If for some reason it doesn't fall under our, like we deal with children, we don't mm. deal with adults or anything. If it do it goes to adults, we have 
multiple other organizations that do deal with other sorts of human trafficking and adults and stuff like that, and we send them their way too. Has any of your work ever led to a whole ring coming down to this point? Without giving... And if you can't answer that question, don't answer that question. I understand. You're fine. fine. Um, I'm I'm just going to say yes. I can't give the details, but yes. Wow. 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 So... um, SavedInAmerica.org. That's where people will go if they want to get a hold of you guys. Yes. If you are a retired special operator, retired military police, um, or an active or retired police officer, and you want to join the team, there's a Join Now section. If you want to contact us, uh, there's a Contact Us section. Uh, there's also, and you know, like we said, we don't charge parents anything. We don't take a salary. You know, we shoot for at all times, uh, almost every single cent that comes in saved America to go right back to operations and recoveries. And, you know, but we still operate off donations. So there's a donate section at savedinamerica.org. Uh, you can one time donate. There's also an ambassador program where if people, you know, want to give from their hearts every month, there's an ambassador program as well. That's amazing. You know, Joshua, it, it, it's really been a pleasure getting to talk to you, getting to get a little bit of an inside scoop on all the things that you guys are doing. Um, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk to me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been a blessing. And, you know, it's uh, I've done tons of, you know, podcasts, interviews. And uh, but, you know, being uh, talking with an organization and a ministry like you with you know some like-mindedness is really nice so that, that's amazing and you know who knows what the Lord has down the road because <laughs> I'll tell you what, there are some people that are listening to me maybe reaching out to you and um, you know praise God that you guys are out there now just, just one final thing um, are do you guys operate in all 48 four states? from you know california to you know massachusetts like or do you pretty much have just a few areas and regions that you primarily do your operations no we'll go anywhere if you need us we'll go there you know we have a network of saved in america and that's what we have the active duty team is in the san Diego area but we have a network of reserves that span the entire country well folks saved in america.org I've been talking to Joshua Trevers. Thank God for you, Joshua. And um, thank you for your time. Hey, thank you very much. Until next time, God bless and God speed. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Be sure to subscribe to our channel, like our video, and share this with friends. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at bridemovement.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.